thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Friday, May 21st, 2021. It is the 65th episode of Public Beta Podcast. Your host this week, um, myself, Lee. Forgot my own name there for a second. And Reed. <laughs> Hi. Uh, how was our, your, your bye week? How was the week off? You uh, enjoyed it to the fullest. Uh, not kind of yes and no. Uh, during that week, I had my vaccine appointment, my first shot. Uh, if you know me, you know that I'm absolutely fucking terrified of needles. Like, easily my biggest phobia in the world. Why uh, would you reveal that to the internet? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was kind of freaking out, like, all week about it a little bit. But no, I, it was good. I played lots of golf. I did not play a lot of video games, to be honest. I was mostly just bumming around playing golf, um, fixing up my computer some. You know, I got a funny story about my computer, actually, here. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah, so I decided <laughs> that I'm going to want to finish my computer, basically my setup. Not my computer. My computer's finished. I want to finish my setup. So I'm like, all right, I need a good monitor mount, dual monitor mount, um, so I, I buy one of those. I buy a new headset with a new mic because I was just using my PS4 headset to stream and record, and it sounds like fucking asshole. So buy a new headset, buy a new mic, buy this monitor mount. I have to buy a new monitor because my secondary monitor doesn't have the back attachment thing. It's stupid. Sure. Buy all this shit, bring it back home, and I open up the mount, Lee, and it's fucking gorgeous. And it is gorgeous. <laughs> uh says right there on the instructions. I don't notice it at the time. Don't open this under your fucking face. And I... Oh, oh. Yeah, so I'm looking at this mount, and it has straps on it. And I guess in my in my head, I'm not thinking, why would it be strapped, Reed? Why? Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so I unstrap it, and, like, as you can imagine, unstraps right into my fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> the big metal part... Gashes open my lip. I'm bleeding. Oh all, shit! Yeah, it's like Homer Simpson. I'm bleeding all over the instructions, and I'm like, English side ruined. Must use French. La mount. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> so yeah, fucking bleeding everywhere. My lip is Damn. like my lip is split. I'm bleeding everywhere. Fucking chip my tooth. So like, God damn. Yeah, throw this. That's awful. Yeah, like, and I was so excited to finish this mountain. So I'm like scrambling to like clean up this blood that's all over my fucking den, uh, trying to push these parts away <laughs> so my cat, yeah, so my cat doesn't come inside and try to play with them. And the cat doesn't come and get a taste for blood. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm trying to trying to bandage my fucking lip as I'm bleeding everywhere and like and like I whenever I get shocked like that, I always want to faint. So I had to, like, lie down for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to laugh because it's awful. I'm yeah, sorry no. that happened to you. But I'm just picturing it playing out in your, like, yeah. the escalation of, uh, Yes, yeah. is exactly how you picture in your head, like, increased panic every second. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. So I lay down for, like, 15 minutes. But is that every, my blood? Yeah. But every, as soon as I lay down, I just keep thinking, fuck, I really want to finish that mount. Uh, yeah. So eventually I do. It was awesome. It looks great. I put it up on Reddit. I got like 3,000 upvotes for it, which is great. Um, and yeah. Validation. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it was super pumped about that. Did not play a ton of video games over the weekend, but now I am. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Before we, uh, we do talk about what we uh, have actually had time to play, uh, we, we have to talk about a prof- profound loss in the uh, manga community. Uh, Berserk creator Kentaro Miura? Miura. How, how, you, how you pronounce it? Yeah, Miura. Miura. Uh, died at the age of 54, evidently a few weeks ago. It is only being announced uh, as of, uh, I guess, yesterday it was. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, world-famous creator of the uh, manga Berserk has passed away at the age of 54, according to the statement from editorial department of Young Animal Comics, where Berserk is serialized in Japan. I believe Berserk is put out by Dark Horse in North America, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Uh, He he died on May 6th, evidently, uh, as a result of an acute aortic dissection. Uh, Without getting into too much details of what that is, it's it's basically a rupture in your aorta. Not quite a heart attack, but... Uh, you can imagine if a pipe comes off your heart and starts spraying blood all over the inside of you. That's bad. Uh, very low survival rate. And from from what I've been reading, uh, it sounds like he, he died almost instantly. So that is uh, very tragic. Reed, you are a massive Berserk fan. Like, manga and me and Berserk uh, were... were uh, the same kind of magnets. We just uh, oppose each other. I've, I've never gotten into it. Just watched it from afar. But uh, the influence of Berserk on everything, uh, including video games, I'll let you take it from here because you're going to do a better job than I will. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I am a huge Berserk fan. I've read it through the entire thing three times now. I actively keep up to date on as much as possible, even though there is big, long hiatuses. I've seen all three movies a few times. I've seen the 1997 anime a couple times. Uh, I've even watched the entirety of the 2016-17 anime, which not a lot of people have done because it's fucking awful. It's like... Interesting. It's, I've, I've, I've actually heard that. I've heard the animation's like shit too, No, right? No, it's it's because of the animation, just only because of that, because it's like 2003 CGI. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, besides that, Berserk is one of the longest-running, most prolific dark fantasy mangas, if not the most popular manga of all time in regards to just uh, how much influence it has, how highly regarded it is. You could argue that there's other mangas that are more popular, but there's nothing that uh, there's nothing like Berserk and how far it reached and how much influence sure. there is. The serialization of it began in 1989, the year I was born. Correct. So we're 32 years on, and you're saying that and there's only, while it takes a while for it to be released, it's been consistently yes, quality throughout? Absolutely. There's only 300 chapters, for example, Lee, whereas something mm-hmm. like... Uh, Naruto, which started much later, like 10, 12 years after that, has like twice as many chapters in that and it ended 10 years ago. Um, so just like that to put into perspective. But it's one of the most highly regarded mangas of all time, if not the most. It's been number one in my anime list for, I think, the entire time that that site has been up. It's consistently quality, as you said. Uh, its second arc, the Golden Age arc, has been called the greatest manga arc of all time for good reason. Um, when you look at Berserk, you would think it's just uh, a very edgy, over-the-top, uh, dark series when it's not like that at all once you start reading. It's a lot about deep personal characterization, uh, love, grief, how to move on and struggle in a world that's otherwise apathetic or brutal. But as far as Kentora Miura goes, um, you can see a lot of his influence echoed across, especially in video games, which I want to talk about specifically. Uh, first of all, I don't think it's like any surprise to anybody that the Dark Souls series and uh, Hidetaka, Hidetaka? Uh, Miyazaki, uh, he's incredibly influenced by Berserk in all his works. If you played any of the Souls games, there's fucking countless Berserk references from the great sword to the way that you hold any large sword in general, uh, to monster designs, to level designs. Hell, Dark Souls 3, like the first third of that game, is nothing but berserk references from people hanging in trees to cages to the bone wheel people. Fuck, the iconic Dark Souls enemies are literally just ripoffs of berserk. The bone wheel enemies, the giant spider men in Sen's Fortress. 
like, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think the bone wheel is a mythological thing in Japan. It's like a it's like a demon. It's like a, a, a maybe a a myth or a cryptid kind of thing. Oh, really? Something like that. But I could I could be wrong. But, but at the same maybe, time, yeah. Miyazaki has been like the only creator outright to being like, no, these are all Berserk references. Like this is all Berserk. <laughs> it's like. But he's like, regardless of where Berserk got it from, we're getting it from Berserk. Yeah, is basically yeah. is what he said. Yeah. Uh, like the priestess ladies from Dark Souls 3 that read books are based off one of the primary antagonists of the Conviction arc, uh, for example, and stuff like that. So it's all really cool. Tons of references in there. The Bloodborne symbol for Hunter. Like all of this right back to Berserk. You can even go other places. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VII and Cloud. You would not have anime protagonists with incredibly large sword without guts because of how important uh, Berserk is and how much he pushed that. Every time Guts takes out his Dragon Slayer sword and kills like two, like 20 dudes with one swing, everybody's always just like, Jesus fucking Christ, that sword is way too big. What the fuck? Uh, the way that Cloud holds his sword on the cover even... The way he holds it in his battle stance directly in front of him in like it like towards his center and then the blade sticking up is exactly how Guts holds it. Like almost picture for picture in his duel against Griffith at the end. Uh, Griffith is an immense uh, influence not only in Dark Souls in that regard too. There's entire fucking bosses based around him. Um, the, D- the director for Devil May Cry has said that when he was coming up with ideas for Devil May Cry, he wasn't looking at Berserk for direct influences, but he was thinking, oh, Miura, he made an entire series about what he thought was cool when he was making this, and that's what I should make Devil May Cry. I shouldn't mm-hmm. try to make it like something that's not. I should be basing it on what I think is cool. Uh, if you play Dragon's Dogma, there's a literal DLC in that that is just Berserk armors and everything like that. Uh, so clearly, um, the director of that is an incredible big fan. You know, you're you're fucking killing big monsters with big swords. That's berserk. Um, yeah, we've been there before, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so even, what, uh, and even sorry, last night, uh, what was really cool was all the players in Final Fantasy fourteen. There's a class in that called the Dark Knight, who all hold their swords just like guts and his iconic pose over the shoulder. Uh, so, like, hundreds, even maybe thousands of players populated the most popular North America server and just stood in a line striking the pose as a, as a tribute, and that was really fucking cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I was a Dark Knight in Final Fantasy XI as my primary job. There you go. Uh, yeah. They uh, they are amongst the least desirable classes in Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what happens with the serialization of the manga? Is it it's, is it done? Yeah, no one has any idea because this is not something that happens very often in manga. As no. you can imagine, most people will conclude their series is. There's very few, there's very few series that run forever, like JoJo and One Piece are, like, the other two that people have to be worried about because their creators have been doing it since, like, the fucking 80s and they're old as shit. And, like, these guys do not take breaks. They work themselves to death. They have, like, two days off a year, it feels like. Um, I, I can't imagine how stressful it would be to be a mangaka. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Like, so, you as a fan, uh, like, me, me from the outside, the way I see this is if he's got notes or if he's got... Uh, plans for where this was going. Obviously, you don't know if he he had an ending in mind because maybe he planned to do this for another twenty years. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, into into his seventies, making berserk. Uh, but 
if the idea is for the the art to to kind of pass with the artist uh then maybe something for closure for the fans like if they released like a novelization or a uh, not quite a manga, but just more or less notes or things yeah. about where the story was going. Is that better than them just saying, no, it's done. Like, you've read your what, your last reserve chapter. A lot of people have been talking about this, and it's a lot of people don't, like, I. it's not like other shows where, it's not like Game of Thrones where there's this hard divide between people who wanted to continue or stop based on the writing of George R. R. Martin. There's a lot of people that are conflicted about this, but they're kind of like, we want to see the series continue, but there's no one that's going to match the absolute meticulous, like, right. like yeah. he went on year-long hiatuses to get chapters done because of the incredible meticulous detail he wanted to put in. What yeah. I would prefer, or what I would want out of Berserk at this point, and I think this would be the most respectful way to go about it for everybody involved, is to release uh, Miura's extensive notes for the rest of the series, along with any draft drawings that he had left, and kind of make like an art book slash... Right. Uh, you know, kind of how Christopher Tolkien uh, encapsulated a lot of his father's notes into the Lost Tales for Lord of the Rings. Right. That's yep. what that's what I want him to do for Berserk. That that's kind of that was kind of my suggestion. Is just like uh, make a compilation or compendium of what remains for the for the diehard fans. Release it as as like a Lost Chapters or something like that. And yeah. And just call it quits for now. But like like any IP, right? Like at what point? down the road like 50 years from now is it like oh shit we're bringing back berserk like we got some we have an, a, a manga artist uh, and writer who hasn't even been born yet that will one day revisit this yeah. this stuff uh it, who who could say but it seems like in the short term that that it should just kind of end yeah um, yeah like it, it ironically for such a dark series like the last, the second half of the series is very not dark. Is actually stops becoming, in my opinion, a dark fantasy and just becomes a fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends at a rather peaceful note. He unpotatoes Casca. Um, Casca is the main female of the series. And Costco. Ba- Costco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Her mind breaks and she basically becomes a potato because she can't cope with what has happened to her and her friends. The series sure. ends – like, imagine Lee, her being a potato for 30 years because she has as far as the – like, as long as the series has been going for. Mm. So it's very uh, poetic or it's very satisfying in a way, even if the series is not ending, that in the final year before his death, Miura did finally release the, a couple chapters where Guts finally saved Casca's mind and restored her back to the way she was. And we were able to get a chapter of them reuniting after 30 years. And it speaks echoes to his work, how he can create a series where everybody wants to see Griffith get absolutely murdered by Guts. But by the end, we're all happy that Guts doesn't want to murder Griffith anymore. Uh, Right. That means you develop that character in a right way if we no longer want to see brutal revenge in a series called Berserk. (laughs) <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> uh that's that's pretty so what what kind of release schedule was this you're saying he can release a couple of chapters so he would release he like one a time he one time went on a year for like eight years ten years uh. like uh because of his health uh there's a big long-running joke that guts and co are never gonna get off the boat because they went onto a boat and that's when miro went for a super long hiatus so he was on a boat technically for 12 years even though if you read it in real time it's for like six chapters, then they're off of it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. That was uh, 
a lot of people taken by by surprise by that one. So sorry to hear it, man. Uh, but glad to hear that it kind of ended on a satisfying note, and that uh, that work will be there to inspire people for for decades to come. Of Absolutely. Uh, Reed, what video games did you play though? Uh, played a little bit of Pokemon, not too much. I played. I won't take too long of this, just because you the, need the to... newest Pokemon version. Yeah. Pokemon, not too much. We've <laughs> taken. There's only 63 Pokemon in it. <laughs> just the legendary. No, I just. I want to give you a chance to speak here a lot. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of Pokemon. I played a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics over my break, enough to get to the Dark Knight class, which takes a really long time. Yeah, ironically. Uh, it takes a really long time. You need to master two classes, and you need to get to level eight, which is the top level for five oh, different ones. One yep. Yes, yeah, so took a while, but I finally got that done. Haven't played it since. I guess like I achieved the grind, and I don't want to play it anymore. Perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> but mainly JRPGs. been playing. Yeah, but mainly been playing some Mass Effect, which I shouldn't even oh. talk about because we'll, well, talk, we'll about talk about that later. Talk about that shortly. Let's talk about another EA game. Uh, so I noticed that Sims Four was on Game Pass on uh, PC. And when I say Game Pass, I mean on EA Play. So you have to, you fire up the Xbox app, and then you have to fire up the EA dashboard, and then you can access your EA free games. Anyway, uh, I've been playing Loop Hero as my kind of like chill, not paying attention game. And I'm like, hey, Sims 4, uh, that's that's a game. So I downloaded. (laughs) That's a game. Uh, Reed, I don't know, when's the last time you played a Sims game, if ever? I haven't. Okay, you know you know what to expect. Yeah, you know what I, a Sims game is. What, what I know, you know the idea. what I know of yeah. Sims is like the people that talk about the meme stuff, which is like locking their Sims in a room with no food or anything. Yeah, that was the yeah. Put them in the swimming pool and take the ladder away. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> the, have them piss themselves and then roll around in it. Uh, that's that's all fun, and that's kind of the crux of the Sims series is that the people who are really hardcore about it. Uh, kind of use the tools that are there on top of mods, on top of the countless DLC packs uh, to really customize their experience and really build themselves a fun sim life. I don't want that. I just want to play Sims. I want to play the uh, out of the box. What what do you actually do in this game without the DLC and stuff? Because obviously the DLC is all behind a paywall. They know what they're yeah. doing. They give you the they give you the first taste for free, and then you're like, oh, I want to be a Harry Potter, or I want to go to a desert island, and then you got to pay for that shit. Um, <laughs> Sims Five is probably right around the corner too. Anyway, Sims Four is an absolutely massive game. The stuff you can do in it in terms of customization of your characters, your households, uh, the town, the houses, the furniture, all the extra packs and stuff they've added. It's gigantic. Uh, If you want to play it as a casual, just click around game, it's that too, but it's very quirky. And let me explain. Um, So I'm getting to this game and I've played Sims before, but for some reason I fire up the tutorial. Just show me where everything is uh, (laughs) game. So I, uh, I make my character, Carlos Santana, uh, why <laughs> i i randomly rolled i randomly rolled a name and that's what i got so uh, carlos santana is my character he is a uh uh a gentleman around uh, let's let's put him in his 20s he is a fashion blogger nice <laughs> yeah cool yeah uh, he's living in a two-bedroom house with his roommate alex uh, she's a little o- older. She's oh, a good okay, chef. She, okay, okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, already, like right off the bat, I'm I'm making moves on Alex when I move into this place. I'm going through the tutorial. Wait, didn't uh, you they both choose? Live, what's that? Surely you chose before the game started to live with Alex, did you not? Or did the game? Pre- I didn't. So so in the tutorial, it basically puts you in a starter house. I don't know if it's the same starter house every time, but it puts your character in this house with 
uh, a roommate. I don't know if it's always Alex. I don't know if it's a randomly generated So sim. they want uh, sexual tension. No, I, it's not necessarily even that. Like I said, I don't know if it could, it's just random. It could have been a male. Uh, not that I, I would have flirted with a male any less in this in this <laughs> context. Carlos Santana likes to wear... I forgot to uh, customize his, his clothing. Uh, so a lot of his outfits are like just plain t-shirts and like jogging pants. Uh, including his like work attire. He just puts on like a, a slightly different outfit. Anyway, uh, so it gives you some starting furniture. And like I said, the game's about making your own fun. So yes, you have funds. Yes, you have money. Yes, you have to work a job and eat and do all that stuff. Or you don't. You can just make your Sims life a living hell. You can change the house any way you want. You can move out of the house. You can add Sims to the house. Do whatever the fuck you want. I'm just playing as Carlos Santana, and I want him to be successful. I want to just see where this game leads me. So, uh, you know, people will talk about playing The Sims, and they're not actually playing The Sims. They have the game paused, and they're spending 50 hours making the perfect house. Uh, <laughs> and that's all they want out of the game. And and fair enough. The game is whatever you want it to be, right? It's, yeah. It, it's... But I want to play the game with rules. I want to play within the confines of the game. So I'm going you through want this tutorial. you want to play Minecraft survival mode while everybody else is playing creative mode. Exactly. I would never play Minecraft creative mode because I want what I'm doing to uh, have some stakes, uh, which is kind of how I'm approaching the the Sims. Whereas, like, I built this uh, massive castle. It's amazing. It's great. But there is the threat that if a creeper comes along, it can blow out this wall. And I'll have to rebuild it, and that little bit of tension keeps. Keeps you on your toes. That's what I like from how I'm playing The Sims. So anyways, I decide as I'm playing, I'm going to end the tutorial. I've, I've kind of seen everything. I'm like, I actually know all this. It's more or less the same as Sims 3, which I also played quite a bit of. Uh, so I'm just going to end the tutorial. So in the middle of flirting, uh, Carlos and Alex are flirting in the, in the living room, having a good time. Uh, I hit end tutorial. And Alex drops the plate of food she's holding. And she walks out the front door and out of the game. Fucking uh, right. So just, I assume at the like end of the tutorial... What was that? Just like real life. Just like real life. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you say the wrong thing, and she's gone, baby. Uh, <laughs> so, as far as I can tell, maybe at the end of the tutorial, when all things are, are done, your roommate's like, oh, I'm moving out, uh, the house is yours now, do as you see fit. Uh, when you end the tutorial abruptly, what the game does is just, your roommate just fucking fucks off. Uh, but they're still in your phone book. You can still call them up and invite them over. Um... So immediately, the first thing I do is sell all of her furniture. Uh, I make her bedroom into a sick office because uh, in this game you are able to work from home if you so choose, um, which is, uh, you know, hey, here we are. Uh, so anyways, uh, go about my business selling some furniture. Why do I need four chairs at the table? If there's one dude living in here. Sell that. And then immediately a bunch of uh, really attractive women start showing up on the front door. And Just like I'm real like, life. Well, this is... Just like real life. Uh, so I answer the door and these women just kind of help themselves to uh, the facilities and, and everything in my, my little house here. And I'm, I, I'm trying to make sense of this in my head canon that maybe this has something to do with Carlos Santana's job. That as a fashion blogger, they just send beautiful models to his house to interview. And then sure enough, I have the option to actually interview them and talk about their outfits and write articles and stuff like that. That's all fine. Um but then there's like little quirky things in the game in terms of pathfinding or what the characters do. And I don't think I'm doing anything. Uh, but but when you have a strong headcanon when you're playing Sims like I do, uh, you, you consider situations like this kind of funny. So I call Alex over to continue the uh, the flirting. Uh, and Carlos Santana, he will fuck anything. I, I'm flirting with everybody. Like the mailman walks by, I'm flirting with him. We're just let's let's <laughs> you know let's keep our options open here. Yeah. He's, a, he's a single twenty something living in a two bedroom uh, house in, in, in Simsville. 
So I invite Alex over, and the good thing about Alex is that she makes food. Uh, she'll just make food, and you don't have to pay for it, and then just leaves plates full of food all over your house. You can even hire her as a uh, a chef. So my goal right now is if I get enough money, I'll hire Alex and have her just basically be my maid at that point. Just like um, real life. Yeah. So it's it's approaching midnight, and, uh, you know, Carlos Santana's got to go to work in the morning. Uh, so he bids goodnight to Alex. And uh, Carlos Santana goes to sleep, and he's sleeping. Wait, so is Alex sleeping over but cooking the entire time? uh, No. So what actually happens is it gets to 2 or 3 in the morning, and I realize, oh, Alex is still over. And I pan over to the living room, and it's like paranormal activity. The uh, the time on the clock is going super quick, and Alex is just standing in the living room staring at the corner for six hours. (laughs) Uh, Right before Carlos wakes up, she finally leaves. And then, like, she was there all night, man, just staring. Just staring. Uh, so anyways, I'm having fun with it, I guess. The game is... Uh, for a game that's been around for so long, that's been updated so much, that people mod the fucking shit out of, I was expecting maybe more of a enthralling or less... We- like, this kind of stuff keeps happening. Like, the game just has things that it does on a timer. So, like, I'm in the middle of working from home. It's 10 a.m. on the day, and I have two articles to submit. And everybody in the neighborhood shows up at the front door. They got cakes. They got fried chicken. Uh, they're all here, and it's a welcoming party to the neighborhood. I'm like, fuck off. This, I, it's not Saturday. It's Thursday, and I'm working from home. You all need to leave. So, of course, everybody in the neighborhood now thinks I'm, like, a fucking asshole or whatever. Um, anyways, Sims 4. Do I recommend it? If you want a quick-round <laughs> Sims game, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty all right. But keep in mind, your headcanon uh, <laughs> is very important your enjoyment of the game i think because otherwise it is a bit monotonous if you were just playing by the rules within the confines of what sims allows you to do um like again this is a game where if you want give yourself unlimited money and make the the house of your dreams give yourself make your entire family in the sims and just have fun with it you can do whatever you want uh so really i'm playing it wrong i guess that's what i'm trying (laughs) to say what a summary read read days gone days gotta clear them out (laughs) God clear him. God clear him out. Uh, we're gonna go into some spoilers for Days Gone here. Oh uh, no! I know Reed probably probably doesn't entirely care at this point. Uh, so you're in the she militia told me all camp the spoilers already. in the south. <laughs> yeah, in the south part of the map, and uh, Deacon Saint John is basically <clears throat> acting as a lapdog, acting as a good soldier uh, for this militia. So he has access to his wife Sarah, who's there working on something. Her and another doctor called Weaver both are. Uh, making something uh and it's implied it's a biological weapon but it's very clear that sarah is trying to uh reverse engineer whatever virus caused the freaks and the zombies uh so you have a mission where she needs something from the lab you go back to her lab you realize that this is a fortified uh lab surrounded by electric fences that the power is still running that they have tons of food and water hey this is great only problem is the security team actually killed everybody who was on site and have been living in there ever since. So you clear those fuckers out and you gain access to the uh, secret lab in this facility, which is like right through the front door. There's just a door and then you open it and by God, Reed, would you believe that the company that Sarah was working for is responsible for the virus that caused the zombies? Oh, I can't believe it. What a twist. Uh, so, Um, So when you told me that last night, um, you just said Sarah made the zombies. Um, <laughs> see that that puts thoughts into your head. You're like, okay, is Sarah like Wesker from Resident Evil? Is she secretly <laughs> gonna be like, 
First of all, first of all, Lee, can we just start calling him DSJ? Like, I think I think Deacon St. John is an iconic enough character at this point that he can be... I mean, a... everybody in the game calls him Deke. Yeah, yes, De- the Deeks. Um, yeah, big swinging Deke. <laughs> see, when you say that, it reminds me of the John Cena Total Bellas segment where he calls himself Deke Stokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, You're right, the character should have been called Deke Stokes. <laughs> and he's just like a college frat boy. He's like, so... Um, Getting a couple pony cakes from the... <laughs> yeah. So, fucked yeah, up. Deke Stokes here. Um, when you said Sarah made the zombies, I was expecting Sarah to just be like, be like, oh, poor foolish Deeks. I didn't actually <laughs> love you. I was just using you so I could, like... Get rides to work. Yeah, get your cool motorcycle <laughs> injected into humans, and it was too much gnarly badassery, and they turned into zombies. The exhaust from your motorcycle <laughs> turned everybody into zombies. You didn't even know you were spreading it across the... And then I monetized it. <laughs> we uh, made... Uh, so, no. In fact, uh, Sarah was basically blissfully... Uh, she was being ignorant to warnings, clear warning signs, especially when a intern... This is all told by Sarah having a freakout. There's not a flashback or anything. Sarah's just explaining to you this exposition. Uh, that there was a research intern that was like, hey, they're doing some bad shit. You need, it, We need to like expose this or we need to look into it more. This is serious shit. And she's like, ah, it's a billion-dollar pharma corporation. Uh, don't worry about it. This caused this intern to then sneak into the lab and steal a vial of whatever it is they were working on. He went to a giant expo in Portland uh, where he met with the press. And, of course, uh, he was himself exposed already unknowingly, uh, infected everybody at this Portland convention that went, then went and flew home uh, just as we saw uh, COVID spread back uh, a couple marches ago. And uh, lo and behold, in two days, the entire United States is taken down by zombies. Um. That's such a big, like, so he wasn't in, like, he was infected when he was at the press conference, but he wasn't yet a freak. Was he- so, so Sarah uh, blames herself for not believing him and then leading him to do the thing that caused the outbreak. Now, uh, they go into this lab. They're not wearing any protective equipment. This stuff's all been there. And what is the first thing Sarah does? She takes out samples of it and takes it to the militia camp. So I don't know if that's going to become a plot point later uh, but basically what happens here is Sarah is trying to reverse engineer a cure, uh, and she fails, whereas the other doctor is trying to make name, napalm bombs to kill all the freaks, and he succeeds. Uh, and then they all retreat into this mountain, and basically she's under lock and key, and they're watching her very closely, and it becomes clear that uh, these this militia is not interested in curing zombies. They are interested in firepower uh, burning down the Northwest so that they can see hordes coming, and basically... It's, it's kind of at the, at the player, on the player to decide who's good and who's bad here. Uh, like, the militia, pretty cut and dry, is like, if you're a criminal now or in a previous life, uh, you're no good, etc. kind of thing. Uh, there's a big power trip going on with the, the colonel in this place. There's something strange going on with one of the, uh, he's a lieutenant or he's a corporal or, I don't fucking know. But he's wearing your ring. He's wearing, like, Deacon's dragon ring. And the first thing I thought was like, oh man, it's been two years and Deacon's wife is shacking up with this this cool black guy. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, but it hasn't been elaborated on yet. There's just a lot of tension building. And where I, I cut it off last night is uh, because Sarah's under lock and key, because she's being watched and they clearly are suspicious of uh, her and Deacon, uh, that Deacon actually calls Nero. He calls the guy from Nero and says, hey... Uh, Sarah's alive, I found her, she's working on a cure for fucking zombies, you need to get her, 
uh, because she she should be with Nero. She should be with the people who are actually trying uh, to fix the problem versus a militia who's just stockpiling munitions uh, to to fucking burn the country to the ground. So that's kind of where I left it off last night. I, I kind of see that this is going to come to a head probably at that lab as uh, Deacon Deke, uh, Deke Stokes. He calls uh, the Lost Lake camp and tells them basically, hey, uh, I found this cool place. It's fortified. It's got an electric fence. It's got tons of food you guys should all make for there. And it seems like maybe the militia moves on that place at some point. Or Nero comes in and, and wipes out the militia. I don't know. There's enough tension now uh, between all these different factions that I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens. That being said, the writing and stuff like that never really... Yeah. Like, you've seen... The, you've seen... It's never pulled out any surprises I, Lee, you in haven't, that case. You haven't told me a line of dialogue, and I know what everybody has said in this game so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, yeah. there's... There's some moments here where uh, the militia, for example, if you if you go AWOL, if you uh, leave the militia, etc., etc., in one case, uh, one of the guys Deacon is brought into the militia with. And keep in mind, the militia is made up of just loser survivors. So Deacon's showing up, a fucking ex-military guy himself, and him as a lapdog, he's obviously running circles a hundred times around everybody else in this place. So he's very valuable to them. To them. But there is an undertext that as soon as he isn't valuable to them, he's dangerous to them based on everything he's seen, done, and his relationship with Sarah and etc. And the, and yeah. So basically once you're in the system, once you're in this militia, you don't get to leave or basically you die. Uh, So this junkie basically who gets his ear cut off at one point named Tyler, I think his name is, uh, is, is another one of those characters where you're just like, really? This character, I'm 40 hours into this game and you're introducing this character. Anyways, uh, he's like a hapless survivor. Uh, he gets his ear chopped off and he gets addicted to fucking oxys in a day. And uh, basically he goes in to steal some from the medical tent where he's been posted as a guard. And something happens and he ends up killing the only doctor in the camp. So basically th- there's a warrant out for this guy. Deacon finds him first. Uh, sees him basically crying that he, he doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want to hang. He doesn't like... It's kind of a, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to die like that in front of everybody. So Deacon uh, does the heroic thing, Reed, and injects him with an overdose. Oh. And kills him on the spot. Wow. Um, really? So there's a lot of that. So why, why, kill- why would he not just like, all right, then like, fuck off out of here. I'll just say I didn't find you. Uh, no, because the the other soldiers are coming. Like Deacon is there a s- seconds early and is able to do this. And he can't just shoot him. Uh, so he, he makes it believable that, oh, he just OD'd and he's dead. He doesn't get to stand trial and he doesn't get to hang. Uh, then they just burn him with the rest of the corpses. There's a lot of Deacon mercy killing people. Uh, there's another part where you and, uh, someone else from the camp comes across, like, a woman that has been left to be eaten by freaks by the Rippers, and both of her legs are fucked up and this horde is coming and they do not have time to rescue her or carry her. So Deacon basically just fucking kills her, like, just strangles her to death. <laughs> There's like, a lot he's, of that. He's like, don't in the worry, loser, I'll do the main thing. Come right. <laughs> Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, this is a mercy killing. <laughs> and, and, like, the dialogue, like, there's, oh, man. And then when he reunites with Sarah, like, it gets a little interesting in that they have to play it off like they don't really fucking know each other, only then they're openly kissing in the camp, and people are like, oh, you're not fraternizing, are you? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Man, I don't know. Anyways, day's gone. Uh, you get a ton Why? more upgrades. You get a ton of goofy guns. I've got like all these things with like drum mags and banana clips and shit now. Why did, for taking uh, down hordes? Yeah. Why? Um, why? Why was Sarah with the militia and not Nero again? Uh, so she 
she fell in with them. She she was misplaced. She was in the shit, and she she fell in with these these people. That's just who she's with. And the militia uh, does at any point decide not to kill Sarah because. Uh no, the militia the militia. If you're a a if you've got something to offer, whether you're just a rank and file soldier or or you're a, like Scient. Sarah have of lab experience, uh, they'll just take you. Like the, there's there's you know okay, so they're not outright murdering people okay, unless so, the people so, are. They're not murdered. the rapists then. <laughs> No, no, the militia is a full, like, full-fledged army of, of losers, basically. Like, people who have appointed themselves into the structure of a, of a military. And Sarah's kind of, like, down with it, because she's like, oh, the only way we get out of this is, is we restore some order. And, like, sure, this is a bit harsh, and the guy in charge is a fucking idiot, but uh, this is the way we do it. And Deacon kind of just wholly disagrees with that. Deacon sees that a community like Lost Lake Camp uh, can function without the need for someone breathing down your neck or being court-martialed or hung in front of people. That's unnecessary. So it's kind of like, mm, you could see it both ways. You could see it that, like, oh, the militia is the shining light in Days Gone, that the militia has it right that taking back the world by force seems to be the only way to go, only there is the variable of Nero and Sarah and reverse engineering this, but then there's the ludonarrative dissonance read of Sarah's like, hey, I need you to go get a newt, which is like a kid freak. Uh, I need you to go, uh, here's a tranquilizer gun, go bring one back. So, no problem, Sarah, but just so you know, while I was there, I killed 26 others. Um, and there is a first acknowledgement in the game, like 45 hours in, that Deacon's just like, you know, you're the only one who thinks of them as people. Everybody else just thinks of them as, as monsters or, or zombies. The, you're calling it a kid, you're, call, you're thinking that there's humanity in this thing, and you see how grossly disfigured these monsters are, and you're like, what... What's the best case scenario? Like, if you get turned back, do you just do you just like a, a movie? You just become yourself again. Yeah, your, your body decontorts. Uh, it's like uh, what's her name in Resident Evil Seven, just eating guts for years, and then you're just like living a normal life after that. Only you've got powers. I don't know, man. Yeah, fuck, don't get me uh, started on fucking Mia from Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> man, you were eating guts for years. <laughs> no, I just like the fact that Ethan and like nobody is upset that Mia used to work for fucking bio terrorist organization and they're just yeah. like oh Mia's great and you're like fuck that she worked for a fucking terrorist organization she's evil it's uh <laughs> it that kind of has this too is just like sarah who's supposed to be this like g good virtuous character that was clearly ignoring that her research was going into making bio weapons and then the idea that when you say bio weapons one of the things you could be talking about is uh is a zombie virus? Like, right, right. It's like Venom. It's like it's like Tom Hardy's girlfriend in Venom. How she's a lawyer and she works for this co company that's killing yeah. homeless people. Yeah, she's pay she's paying out families that have been killed during medical testing. Yes, and she's she's and she's like acting all virtuous about it. Like yeah, she's like mind your own business, Eddie. Fuck you, it's Eddie. My work. <laughs> yeah, let me kill fuck you for nosing around. Yeah, uh, Eddie would be the guy. Who tries to convince Sarah that there's zombie zombie juice, and then he goes to Portland and, and causes uh, Lee, an outbreak. There's only one solution: this day's gone too. Except Tom Hardy's Deacon St. John now. Except Sam Whitworth still voices Deacon St. John. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking massive game. Like the the game is just the scale of it is just huge for the story they're trying to tell. Um, yeah, right. You know, like the impression you get is they really wanted to make like. Like they're like, oh, Horizon, Spider Man, God of War. Like we need, we need to make that. And it's, the writing is just not the characters and the writing are just not there for that. 
it's like take the the what it really feels like is busy work in a Rockstar game. It feels like doing all the side quests in Red Dead Redemption, where you're like, one of them gets semi-interesting, but for every one that's semi-interesting, there's nine that's either being preachy or just isn't, yeah. and you're just oh doing it God, to take the... Oh my God, 20 more U.S. Marshals out of the bushes! <laughs> <laughs> Kill 36 men. Out of... And then, like, the and then the now that it's in play, now that the idea of a cure is in play and kind of, like, a main focus of the game right now, every time you go, it's like, oh, we gotta go take out a horde. It's like, okay, well, now I'm killing potentially 300 people that could be cured and become... It's it's strange, man. I'm, I'm curious to see how they stick the... I'm legitimately curious to see how they stick the ending on this. Let's do a lightning round of news, and then uh, we will reveal what our next featured game will be. Oh, my God. GTA V and GTA Online will be coming to the PS5 and Xbox Series X in November. To the surprise of absolutely nobody. What a game. I believe that game has sold like 150 million units now. Yeah, or what a game, uh, though, insane. to go across three different generations like that. It's it's a shame that they just stopped making Grand Theft Auto games. You're right. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> fuck it, five, is it? Everybody's like, GTA 6. It's like, what could they possibly do? Yeah, they just, just, just release a game called GTA Online, and it's just your GTA 6. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, why make a protagonist? Why, I don't know. Honestly, like, like, I'd rather play online than the main story. Like, I don't give a fuck. At this point, why not? And then you could have a buddy join co-op. That's, it's 2021, right? Like, that's, yeah. that makes sense at this point. Uh, this $25 Zelda amiibo, and that's US dollars, gives Link new fast travel powers in Skyward Sword. Not only are they charging $80 for a remake of one of the worst Zelda games, uh, they are now locking a fast travel mechanic that a lot of people say was a necessity for an HD remake behind another amiibo purchase. Are you fucking kidding me? No, that's real. That's real and, life. Like the amount of people that were like, "Yeah, Skyward Sword re- Remaster," woo! You're like, you're not actually excited. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, they'll take what they can get because it's Zelda's 35th anniversary. No, and Nintendo yeah, hasn't really could, said shit about it. You could fucking release like Ride to Hell Retribution, put Link's face on that motherfucker, and people would be like, "Yes, best Zelda game ever made." Zelda be fucking lining up. Zelda yeah. Spirit uh, Motorcycle. I mean, he literally gets a motorcycle in Breath of the Wild. There's a DLC where you get, like, a horse motorcycle. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, gotta burn him out. Uh, Sonic 2, the synopsis, has uh, allegedly uh, leaked oh for the new movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> After settling in Green Hills, uh, that is the town, not the Sonic world, uh, Sonic is ready for more freedom, and Tom and Maddie, who I assume are the two human characters yeah. from the original movie, uh, agree to leave him home while they go on vacation. Oh, that, that's yeah. Awesome. But no sooner are they gone... When Dr. Robotnik comes back. <laughs> do, do, you know what? We laugh, but the Sonic 1 movie is pretty fucking all right. I liked it. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this time, he's got a new partner in Knuckles, the Echidna, the Fighting Freak. Is you it, might know him from Pumpkin Hill. Is it going to be Vin uh, Diesel? Vin Diesel? Yeah. Please be Vin Diesel. <laughs> it depends Diesel. which version of Knuckles they go with, because there's the big, beefy Sonic Boom no, Knuckles. No, even if, I don't care which version it is. Just Vin Diesel should be Knuckles. That's always been my headcanon since I was a kid. That's fine, but I'm going to have to require him to do a Kofi Kingston-esque uh, <laughs> accent. Jamaican accent. Uh, <laughs> hey, bring it in, Ma. <laughs> in search uh, for the emerald that has the power to build and destroy civilizations, Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. So this isn't the plot of Sonic 2. This is the plot of Sonic 3 to an extent. Uh, where Dr. Robotnik learns that the Angel Island is where the Chaos Emeralds are being uh, kept and protected by Knuckles. Oh, of course. So he basically How could we convinces, 
Yeah, I'm talking about Sonic Cannon now, so you all better fucking listen up. Uh, Robotnik convinces Knuckles that Sonic and Tails are coming to steal the emeralds and that Knuckles should ally with him. Of course, Knuckles is, is gaslit and misled by Robotnik, who eventually turns on him and steals the emeralds for himself. Knuckles joins Sonic and Tails, and the rest, as they say, read, is history. Yeah. So we're probably getting a, a, a three-way... Um, hold on, let me rephrase. Uh, we're probably getting a team-up at the end of this between Knuckles, Sonic, and Tails. If there's a three-way between Knuckles, Sonic, and Tails, then <laughs> Wait, I've the seen internet's that movie lining before. up. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on DeviantArt. <laughs> uh, of course, here the note is that the emeralds, the Chaos Emerald, is, is a single emerald, whereas in the video games it's between six and eight emeralds usually. Uh, the initial, uh, I think, canon of the emeralds was they contained like all the evil in the world like they were just filled with like the muck and hatred and all that that's what gave them power is that they're filled with like Negative the worst emotion. shit humanity is yeah anyway um so robotnik wants those as as he does that's usually what he's after he wants to roboticize animals and he wants to get those emeralds if jim carrey does as good of a job as he did in the first one should be fun well you saw the uh you saw the end of the first one where he's already yeah. looking robotnik as fuck uh, yeah. in the mushroom area yeah yeah also, that mushroom area, if it's if we're talking about Angel Island, was the first uh, area in Sonic and Knuckles, and it could be where he meets Knuckles. Maybe Knuckles helps him uh, escape. We opened up the Sonic Pandora's box with you, I feel like. Uh, listen, I, I don't consider myself a... a like, obviously, Sonic is, is the man, and uh, I'll, I'll play every Sonic game till the end of time. Most of mm. them are bad. <laughs> uh, but I, I, don't, I don't really closely... Sure, Reed, I've read most of the comics, but I don't really follow Sonic. Uh, that's... <laughs> Nino Kuni 2 will be coming to the Switch this September. Cool. You know, at the beginning of that game, you play as a president with a gun, and then there's like a nuclear bomb that goes off. What? That's how that game starts. I thought this was like a very innocent, like children's RPG. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently, no, you're fucking badass. <laughs> Read. Our next feature will be, and it fell into our laps thanks to your motivation to play through it. Is Mass Effect. Oh my. God. Mass Effect is a science fiction media franchise created by Preston Wadaman, New York. Oh, I should have read these names before I, uh, I started this. <laughs> uh, Drew Karpishin and Casey Hudson, who I've met. Uh, they are now owned by Electronic Arts. Of course, when this game came out, BioWare was still a, a free elf. Uh, and they had published that original game with Microsoft for the 360. Of course, it came out later on the PC and PlayStation 3 and has now recently been ported to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and Windows once more as the Legendary Edition, including the first three games of Mass Effect, the trilogy, as it were. Reed, you have started in on Mass Effect 1. How are you liking it so far? Uh, fantastic game. Um, many of you might already know that I'm a, I'm a huge, huge, huge KOTAR fan, and Mass Effect 1, so far, I have never played Mass Effect before, so this is all new. Uh, Mass Effect 1 is very similar to KOTAR in a lot of ways, so it's right into my element. Um, very interesting, just like Kotar, what seems like it would be an uninteresting game at first becomes very quickly interesting just by talking to people. Uh, like yes. you go up to Tali and she's talking about how her people don't have a planet. They all just travel on a big ship. And I'm like, that's a flotilla. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like I want to learn more about that. So I investigate and there's just more and more and more to learn about it. And the, uh, the codec, like the, the actual thing that's voiced, like where you can just click through codecs and learn about stuff is some of the best in video games ever. It's the night and day of destinies where they're just like, go on this website and read it for yourself. 
Uh, Bioware not only puts it in the in the dialogue in the game to intrigue you, if you want to know more, or if you come across an alien in the game, for example, I was just talking about the Elcor, who are those big lumbering yeah. kind of cow guys that announce what emotion they're talking about because yeah. they, they speak monotone. Uh, those guys are great. You look it up and you realize that they live on a planet where the gravity is so great uh, that they have to have those big tree trunk arms just to hold themselves up and that if they fall over, that might be game over for them. They just can't get back up. Uh, the Hanar, those like ESP guys who can like talk into your brain that look like slugs with the really long tendrils and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all these races and stuff like that. So we can't really get into it today because we are out of time. Uh, but we will start talking about the uh, the saga of the Space Navy Soldier Commander Shepard uh, and all his or her um, compatriots and the plot of the first game. We're going to be very careful not to do spoilers as Reed is playing these games for the first time. I will give a general overview and be able to fill in some of the gaps for Reed, but I'm going to be very careful uh, not to talk about things in the game. For example, do you know what the Genophage is? No idea. There's so many interesting concepts Wait, no, in that Genophage. game. Genophage, was that when that one per- when Rex's race... Were yes. like not ex- weren't like wiped out, but they were not able to have kids. Unless, like one out of every thousand kids is like able to live. The rest are still birth. Right. Yeah. So they they basically uh, advanced the Krogans so that they could have space flight and shit like that. Only now the Krogans uh, started like populating like super super quickly. There was too many of them. Uh, so they actually and you'll learn about who did this and why. Uh, but there was a, they basically made a chemical weapon that sterilized the entire race. So the Krogans are pretty pissed off uh, about that. <laughs> Understandably so. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. The the uh, like you said, Tally and the Flotilla and the Quarians and the Geth are some of my favorite stuff in the game. And and when they add layers and complexity to the Geth, which you just at first learn are just like rampant AIs, but you learn that there's so much more going on with that. It's so fucking cool, and I'm very excited to dig into Mass Effect. So we'll officially have our part one of Mass Effect next week. Look for that at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lee at iceberg.com is my email address. Send us questions, topics, anything you find interesting, we might show, uh, put it on the show. New Tits of the Iceberg was new this last week as well, talking about all kinds of weird stuff. So check that out from a couple days ago. We'll be back next week for myself, Lee, and for Reed. Thanks for signing up. Have a good weekend.